0: "'New York is a large city conveniently situated on the edge of America so that you step off the liner right onto it without an effort. You can't lose your way. You go out of a barn and down some stairs and there you are right in among it. The only possible objection any reasonable chappie could find to the place is that they loose you into it from the boat at such an ungodly hour.' I left Jeeves to get my baggage safely past an aggregation of suspicious-minded pirates who were digging for buried treasure among my new shirts, and drove to Guzzy's hotel, where I requested the squad of gentlemanly clerks behind the desk to produce him. That's where I got my first shock. He wasn't there. I pleaded with them to think again, and they thought again, but it was no good. No Augustus Mannering Phipps on the premises. I admit I was hard hit. There I was, alone in a strange city, and no signs of guzzy. What was the next step? I'm never one of the master minds in the early morning. The old bean doesn't somehow seem to get into its stride till pretty late in the PMs, and I couldn't think what to do. However, some instinct took me through a door at the back of the lobby, and I found myself in a large room with an enormous picture stretching across the whole of one wall, and under the picture a counter, and behind the counter divers chappies in white serving drinks. They have barmen, don't you know, in New York, not barmaids. Rum, idea. dear.' I put myself unreservedly into the hands of one of the white chappies. He was a friendly soul, and I told him the whole state of affairs. I asked him what he thought would meet the case. He said that in a situation of that sort, he usually prescribed a lightning whizzer, an invention of his own. He said this was what rabbits trained on when they were matched against grizzly bears, and there was only one instance on record of the bear having lasted three rounds. So I tried a couple, and by Jove the man was perfectly right. As I drained the second, a great load seemed to fall from my heart, and I went out in quite a braced way to have a look at the city. I was surprised to find the streets quite full. People were bustling along as if it were some reasonable hour and not the grey dawn. In the tram-cars they were absolutely standing on each other's necks, going to business or something, I take it. Wonderful johnnies. The odd part of it was that after the first shock of seeing all this frightful energy, the thing didn't seem so strange. I've spoken to fellows since who have been to New York, and they tell me they found it just the same. Apparently there's something in the air— either the ozone or the phosphates or something, which makes you sit up and take notice, a kind of zip, as it were, a sort of belly freedom, if you know what I mean, that gets into your blood and bucks you up and makes you feel that God's in his heaven, all's right with the world, and you don't care if you've got odd socks on. I can't express it better than by saying that the thought uppermost in my mind, as I walked about the place they call Times Square was that there were three thousand miles of deep water between me and my Aunt Agatha,